Coming up this week on Geek Gamer Weekly, EA is not only in trouble from their gamers that play the games, but also shareholders. We're going to cover that. Also, the iOS 7 untethered jailbreak is finally here. We do a in-depth review of the Steam Box, and we give you our Christmas gift ideas for this holiday season. All that and much more, Geek Gamer Weekly is next. Geek Gamer Weekly is brought to you by our very own Roku app for Geek Gamer TV. You can go back and watch the back catalog of Geek Gamer Weekly, Minecraft Me, our specials from PAX Prime, E3, and soon-to-be CES 2014. To grab that app today, go to ggtv.me slash Roku. This is Geek Gamer Weekly, episode 251, recorded Sunday, December 22nd, 2013, The Battlefield for Christmas. Hey everybody, welcome again to another edition of Geek Gamer Weekly. This is the Uber podcast for all you geeks and gamers out there. Christmas week is upon us, and also Boxing Day, uh, Kwanzaa, and any other holidays that you guys may celebrate having a fun time on this Sunday evening as we record this show live. While some other places may not be uh, doing shows, we are going to be here all week doing shows. we got Minecraft Me this week and other surprises in store. I am Chase Nunes, and joining me on the panel this week is some familiar faces. First off, all the way from beautiful Monroe, Washington. Here he is, Ooh, folks. We said it right. John Kessler. Hey, John, how are you? Just ducky. Sweet, man. Feeling good? Are you looking forward to Christmas this week? Yeah. Nice. Yep. Also joining us all the way, very far away, Hugh, it's just so far, it's only a four-hour train ride, Mr. Joseph Falby. Hey, Joe, how are you, man? Good. Good. Going to give away that uh, Game Boy, Virtual Boy back there? Give that away? Nope. Also joining us <laughs> all the way from Cincinnati. No, not Cincinnati. Even though you have Cincinnati, st- you, you're more orange than green. Your face is turning green. Breathe, Nick. Here oh, he is, Nick Suberling from uh, SPNT, Hootay Weekly, uh, Thursday Tech Talk, and his newest show. What's your newest show called? I don't know. You're, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking. about. I was just trying to mess you up, man. There you go. Oh well, congratulations. It worked. <laughs> Thanks for having me back on. I'm 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 looking forward to it. Always, always a great uh, great time to have you on the show, Mr. Nick. And now the the worldwide patented it's a patented thing here on Geek Gamer TV. The quad shot with new uh, with new backgrounds. Uh, in in honor of our guest uh, from Ohio. Oh, uh, that background. Not- yeah. Yeah, not oh. the pic, not no, the curtain behind you. Not John. the That's curtain, the John. <laughs> yeah, the the graphics back there. Uh, that is beautiful, Cincinnati, Ohio, where uh, you know Nick, Nick does a show. Bridge on the left, right. as I be the weatherman tonight, and yes, then to please. the right is the beautiful 
great American ballpark where the Cincinnati Reds play their home games. And unfortunately, they just can't seem to pull through when they need to. Hey, all I know is the Bengals <laughs> are in the playoffs today. I'm in a good mood. Oh, fair You're enough. You're not going to rain on my parade, brother. Fair enough. Wrong, wrong, uh, wrong season of sports. So, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, we we really have a, a great, I don't know, plethora of stories to to talk about. I I really don't know what to s- start with, other than uh, just dropped today uh, in our in the Apple world the jailbreak for iOS seven, which covers seven through seven zero dot four dropped to the world now there's uh, there's a couple of different stories here i, w- I want to show you guys uh about and this jailbreak by the way just like a lot of the previous ones really really easy to do you just download it you plug in and it walks you through the steps and in about five to ten minutes you're ready to go you're ready to run unapproved apps on your phone and device now, Joe, my question to you, our Apple expert, is there's some controversy happening with this because typically before you have teams, they come together, uh, they they release the jailbreak, you know, it's all happy-go-lucky. They're trying to fight Apple, if you will. So what's what's going on here, Joe? What's what's the, the well, big story? Was that well, sanctioned? there is still a team involved here. Okay. What, what was that, John? I was going to say, was it sanctioned by the NSA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, so there's still a team team involved here. It's called uh, the team's name is Evaders, and uh, they've been in the news recently because there's been a bunch of weird stories about them, at least in the in the jailbreak world and in the the community paying attention to this stuff. And um, it, it turns out they dropped this today rather suddenly. Nobody really anticipated it coming out. And one of the things it does is if your language is set to Chinese, it will default install a Chinese app store that is. You actually pay on the App Store for software that's been pirated by the makers of the App Store. Why in so, the hell would you do that? Well, they got a lot of money from them to do it. They got a lot of money from this company in China to do it. And right. and I guess they're not the only group who've been doing this sort of thing. Right. China is obviously a developing market. A lot of people are trying to get into it. And this is one way for these jailbreak teams to make some money because nobody, not very many people are willing to donate for these jailbreaks. Um it's that whole thing about, you know, people who want free stuff illegally are not willing to pay to even get it free. Yeah, we've Ill- talked about that at or nauseum. Or yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they dropped this thing without any notice. And one of the pe- people who didn't really get much of a notice for it is uh, Sarek IT, who is the guy who maintains the Sidious the Sidia store. store, which yeah. is where almost everybody downloads their jailbreak apps from. And uh, tools that actually take advantage of the jailbreak. So uh, tethering, you know, uh, Wi-Fi tethering and uh, custom, there's Winterboard, which does custom themes and all, like a whole bunch of stuff like that. Yeah. So they basically didn't notify this guy or they didn't give him much notice. So was, he hasn't managed to make any of his stuff compatible with iOS 7 at this now point. Now, was, was that intentional that they didn't want to share it with, with Sorik? If, well, it depends on who you ask. So if you ask the Evaders team, they're saying, uh, that they were concerned that Sark was going to release his own jailbreak, and he was like right on the edge of doing it. And if you ask Sark, the reason why they didn't include him is because he couldn't give them as much money. Obviously, he couldn't give them really any money uh, as compared to this Chinese company. So the Chinese company got access to it early, and Sark did not. 
But now, of course, he is working on it. He has a few apps that are already already working. I mean, it's only been out for a few hours at this point. So yeah. he's already got a few apps that are already working, he, and he's working on adding more. And uh, I'm sure, I mean, he does a pretty good job, and he is well-respected in the jailbreak yeah. community because of all the stuff he does. So we're fairly fairly confident eventually it'll sort itself out and be better. But for right now, um, at least if you're in the U.S., there's not a whole lot you can do if you'll jailbreak your device. The jailbreak does work with all current devices, so all the way up to the the brand new iPad Mini, uh, Retina, and the iPad Air, and back to the the original iPhone five and four S. So and I, it is an untethered jailbreak. So I got I, I got I got asked this question. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, we've seen it. You know, Apple has pulled and, and designed features for their new iOS seven from what they've seen in Android, also from what they've seen in the jailbreak community. That you know, they've pulled some things, they've polished them up, and They've added it into the iOS system. They've also innovated some really cool features, you know, like the Do Not Disturb feature, which I think is really, really solid and robust on iOS. Is there really a reason anymore to jailbreak other than to pirate and and, and steal apps? Uh, I know a lot of people who fight that practice, and they'll say, well, the reason why I fight those things, uh, or I install the jailbreak and install pirated apps is because... I want to have a demo. I want to try it before I buy it. I want to make sure this is something I really, really like. Uh, but is there really a reason anymore uh, to to jailbreak your phone? Well, there's really only two reasons to jailbreak an iPhone at this point. One is device customization. And that is, uh, like I said, Winterboard, which enables really custom themes. And I've seen some really outlandish, just amazing stuff people have managed to put together. And, and then other device customizations. So uh, modifications to the pull-down menu. There used to be the old SB settings mostly replaced by the, the the modern menus on iOS 7, but certainly there's other things like that that do similar things, other tools that do similar things. Um, and then the other the other big reason is utilities that aren't normally available through Apple or aren't are, are not allowed to be available on an iPhone without carrier permission. The big one, at least for me, was always uh, wireless tethering. Yeah, tethering. So being able to tether your laptop to your phone. Yeah. And... That's less of an issue now because most of the big carriers' data plans include that unless you're grandfathered into an old data plan, which is what I am. Yeah. So it's uh, – there, and then, of course, there are people who want to steal. So that would be the, the third reason that nobody really wants to talk <laughs> the, about. The third, um, the third segment. The third reason and yeah. the, the one that ends up causing so many of these things to get shut down because they're, they're trying to um, – you know, pirating is, is a bad thing. I, I honestly think it is. And people who make the excuse, well, I just want to try it, and if I like it, I'll buy it, nine times out of ten, they never bother buying it. So I, I don't like that. I think that's, that is a problem. But the other things, I think, are good. And once they're working, I, I don't see a problem with it. But as it is right now, the, the jailbreak is it functions, it works. There isn't a whole lot of options in the U.S. to do anything with it. Hopefully that will change going forward. So now, Joe, you're an iOS user. Are you going yeah. to jailbreak? I don't know. I'm sort of up in the air on that. Uh, this jailbreak reportedly works on the betas that are out to developers right now. Uh, it, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I don't have a real compelling reason to jailbreak anymore. I like the phone as it is. I like what I have on it. I do like how te- it works. Do you not tether anymore? Basically. Uh, well, my my iPad Air, which is on a on a 4G plan, has tethering because it's one it's on one of those ah, plans that allows it. Right. So yeah. if I really need to, plus I have a, a tethering device, a MiFi like device from work. So I don't 
have if I need it for work purposes, I have it there. If I need it for personal purposes, I have it. I have it on the iPad. So yeah. I don't have a really strong, compelling reason to tether through my iPhone at this point. So that being the only feature that I ever really used, There's, you don't see. I don't know if I'm do going to bother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's. I don't know that I'm going to bother. It's just not worth. Uh, I mean, it's not much of a hassle, but it's just not worth the the dealing with it. I, you know, for for me, I, I like having the the flexibility and the ability to customize and do what I want. Uh, that's that's one of the biggest things I, I always loved about jailbreaking my previous iOS devices, and I still do have iOS devices. You know, I have a a first gen iPad Retina. I also have an a first gen iPad Mini that um, I am going to to jailbreak just because I want to have those customization features. Um, and also, you know, Andrew Zarian in, in our chat room brings up a great point, especially on the Android side of things. A lot of people like to root their devices to get rid of that bloatware and all mm -hmm. that crap that you, that comes on those phones and free up space. And yeah. uh, that's very vital because depending on the phone, you yeah, you could put a memory card in, but you can't install apps to it. <laughs> so that yeah. that bloatware uh, will, will well, take and up that space. And that's totally, totally legit. And I understand that from... Yeah. Uh, from Android, and honestly, if I had an Android phone, I would do the same exact thing. Yeah, or I would just buy the what is it, the Nexus Five, which is Google's official, the best possible yep. world for yep. Android. That's right. Um, yeah. Uh, but iOS doesn't have any of that. That's true. There's no the AT and T. There are AT and T apps. There are Verizon apps. There are all those things, but they're in the App Store. You have to download them yourself if you want them on your phone. They don't come pre-installed. John is really, really holding still over there, yeah. isn't he? Why is John yeah, so I don't, frozen? I don't know why. I'm, 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 I have no idea wow. either. That's so strange. That's impressive. That's very it's impressive. It's statuesque. Yes. Nick, do you? Uh, what do you, What do you uh, carry over there? iOS or, or Android? What What are you working on over there? I'm on an Android phone. Uh, in fact, I just went through the process of rooting my phone probably four or five months ago. Um, I'm using an old, a very old HTC Incredible. That's right, the very first version. So I've got That's about a four year old phone. Uh, you know, the reason I rooted it is because it kept telling me that I was out of disk space, which I knew was not the case. Uh, I had a pretty big, uh, pretty big memory card installed into the into the phone, and it just would it wouldn't let me run apps. It wouldn't let me install apps, and when it would run out of space, it basically would shut down the phone. Hmm. So I rooted it, and that that seemed to uh, seem to do the trick. So, uh, but it, you know, it, it, you're right. These phones, especially I'm I'm on Verizon as well. Every time I get a new phone, there's all all kinds of crap on there, and I'm all for rooting the the Android phones. Yeah, it's nice having that that flexibility and and, and ability uh, to do that sort of thing. So, um, I guess to 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 pull put a cap on this subject, Joe, do you do you see uh, any potential fallout from from this jailbreak issue between the these these uh, these groups and these clubs essentially uh, with this? I don't think as end users, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot out of this. Um, I, I, it's not really going to change things because a jailbreak's a jailbreak. As long as you know, um, Sora can get Mobile Substrate to run on it, he, I don't think he cares that much. It's just sort of a frustration for him, and he he did go on on a big Twitter tirade more or less about it. Yeah. Uh, but really, it is just a frustration for him. I think the the one thing that that he did point out though that I I think is a really good point is they released this just as 7.1 is in late beta for developers. But it's not quite late enough that Apple can't patch whatever the exploit they're running out of it. So this probably is going to be a very short-lived jailbreak that 7.1 will drop in within a few months here. 
and whatever they're using, whatever exploit they're using, probably will be removed at that point. So was it really worthwhile bringing it out now? That's up in the air. Um, like I said, there were some questions as to if another group was coming out with with a jailbreak at the same time or if the tools they had developed had been stolen. That was another story that went around a little bit. So we'll see. I don't think there's going to be any fallout between the main groups doing this work, though. Evaders and Sorik may not like each other, but Sorik has to make it work on that platform if that's the predominant uh, jailbreak for this, this generation. Right, for sure. Well, um, I love to know what you guys think. Uh, by the way, you know, uh, I forgot to mention this at the top of the show. Uh, one of the big things is we're we're very interactive here. Uh, you know, obviously the chat room's been talking a little bit about it. Obviously, Android and iOS users thinking about whether or not they should jailbreak or root their phones. We definitely want to hear from you guys after every show when we record one live on Sundays. We uh, go to the lines, we go to Skype, and we go to the phones, and we want to hear from you. So if you have thoughts about this, keep them. In your head, write them down, and uh, we'll love to talk to you guys about them after we record the show. Now, um, one of the big things that us as gamers love to talk about is how EA loves to patch everything. Well, guess what happened? Another patch just dropped again for Battlefield 4. (laughs) (laughs) Now the mic's Oh, there it is. Now I got a mic. Can you believe that? (laughs) Really? Yeah, and I I know uh, Ed Bundy, uh, yeah, that's it's all fun. Actually, when did they drop this one? Today? Uh, no, no. The, the, the 19th, it says. Oh, okay. Yeah, f- a few days ago. Yeah, well, but this I just... is for the Xbox One. Yeah. And oh. after another one for PC, which came out a few days before. Yeah. yeah. It's... I was going to say, because I patched and played on Friday night. So, um, is this... And there's a connecting story to this. Is this getting ridiculous? I mean, obviously, EA is taking this a little bit to these extreme... It really is apparent at this point that this game was pushed out long before it was ready for prime time. And now I'll bring in the connecting story. The The connecting story is this. You dropped the hammer. A third law firm is seeking legal action against EA for Battlefield 4. So basically, when EA announced and released Battlefield 4, there was a big price boost. It was a big big price jump on the stock. You know, everybody was happy that, yes, this is shipping right before the console launches. We are ready to rock. We are ready to go. But uh, they're, they're, they're throwing claim out there because they're saying, well, they, they artificially inflated the stock because EA, EA knew that this game was not ready for prime time. Now, obviously, EA is not going to comment on this pending any legal action. We've seen it a lot, you guys, where game companies have been relying more and more on A, day one patches. Uh, they're they're relying on pushing out multiple patches to, to fix obvious issues. We know that departments of gaming companies are cutting back on testing and quality assurance. Nick, you've been playing games for a very long period of time. I don't know why you guys are smiling over. Oh, EA I'm just Sports. laughing at what Andrew had to say in it's, the chat room about EA Sports. In, it's in the game. It's in the game. The bugs are in the, the game. game. Nick, yeah. you play games. You especially play sports games as I do. I know you haven't uh, touched Battlefield 4, but you can talk about how you've been seeing gamer uh, game developers pushing out games that are not really ready and relying on day one patches. How does that make you feel as a gamer? Personally, I think that I I just want the game experience, particularly the multiplayer experience, to be 
as best as it can be. And if so, if it requires patches, I'm all for it. As long as it doesn't ruin the game experience. And uh, as somebody who's played a lot of Call of Duty through the years, not just on uh, the Xbox 360, but the PS3, uh, it just seems like there's there's a lot of updates that some are necessary and some you just don't know what exactly it is that they're patching. And uh, you notice maybe that uh, the the gunfire is not hitting certain players the same way or, or, or whatnot. I haven't had a, too bad of, of an experience when it comes to patching, but uh, I, I think that there, there are times, not just for, for gameplay purposes, but for, for security reasons as well. I'm sure that they've just constantly got to be updating these. So when you, when you put your disc in and you automatically see that there's, a, there's an update, I'd much rather have it right to, to begin with rather than putting a disc in, playing it, and finding out that there's problems. Well, you know what I always bothers me is what about the guys that don't have really good internet connections or or don't have any internet connections and they rely on buying games in the store to be fully complete and ready to go? I mean, remember, about half of America, ha- I haven't looked lately, <laughs> but about half of America doesn't have high-speed internet access. They're They're relying on old, slow DSL, or maybe even dial-up. There are some people out there that are still on dial-up. They can't exactly go and grab these things. Well, here's what I had to say about that. All right. First of all, it's 2013. Going to hey, be 2014. Hey, if I live in a rural era, you know, hey. Well, they're also banking on the fact that, that maybe these, these folks that don't have the high-speed internet are probably not in the gaming market to begin with. Right. Um, you know, it's I, I don't know what the numbers are exactly, but but you're right. There probably are some people out there that don't have internet access, but they still have these consoles. And I, you know, it's a it's a probably to be honest, it's probably a very small minority of gamers in this country. So, you know, unfortunately, it's kind of one of those SOL kind of moments. Yeah. Are yeah. you know are they are they any of the patches actually um, covering um, issues with single player? Sounds like most of the stuff's been all multiplayer. Well, come on, yeah, I John. Think most of the fixes, at least on the PC yeah. side, are multiplayer. Yeah. No one plays. No one plays single player, John. Uh, that, I, th- that's not important. I, I mean, yeah, I know. I'm, who cares? I'm, no, it's not. You should. I'm say sorry. Who I cares. played the single no, player. I'm for being BF4. sarcastic. I'm being. Sarcastic. I know you're being sarcastic. I'm being sarcastic. But uh, and then on the PC side, like you were saying about the size, what the last two three patches, they've been what six to eight hundred gig? No, meg. Megs. Megs. Yeah. Gigs. Wow. Yeah, gigs. Yeah. No. <laughs> I just. Brain farted on that. Sorry about that's that. That's a whole other game. Yeah, that's yeah, well, another whole there, game. There's another. Well, problem the fact there. that it's 24 gigs on the you know on digital and the download, the original download, anyways. Yeah, but I mean they're they're almost pushing a gig each patch. It's a good size patch. Yeah, that's, that's true. A, that's uh, here. Here's yeah. a new here's a new version of the game. I just I I think it's just very very sad that it's come to the point now where where we're pretty much. This is just expected, right? That this is one of those things where it's just like, yeah, well, yeah, there's a problem. They they got my money, but I have to I have to get in early because if I don't get in early, then I can't rank up my character because all my friends are going to be level sixty and seventy. So I got to buy at the very very beginning, even if I know that it's crap or if I know that it's going to be buggy. And then there's a the whole other issue, right, Joe? Where you have companies like EA that push out the beta. And I'm using air quotes for people who are just listening yeah. to the show. <laughs> Put out a beta when it's not a beta and it's just a marketing gimmick, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, and we saw that with Battlefield 4. They they had the beta, right, for people who pre-ordered and, and you know, expanded it later. 
Uh, but really, it was running a version, never got updated during the beta, and it was running a version that was significantly behind where they actually were in, de- in the development process. So it really wasn't a beta. It was a early, or it was a marketing thing. I mean, because they weren't taking any input from players. They weren't fixing any any bugs based on what players found and discovered. But yeah, I, I think the, the game testing is a problem that it seems like they've fallen fallen apart on that. Uh, it used to be, you know, game testing was an integral part of the development process that you would yeah. send it out to testers, they would work on it, come back, report back, back any bugs, and then it would go back out and, and just keep repeating that cycle until the bug list gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Now it seems like we'll get the game out to market. If people have bugs, we'll see it on Twitter and we'll patch it then later, <laughs> probably, maybe. Back, if they're lucky. Back in 1998, I actually worked uh, for uh, for a summer and fall at EA, and I worked on NASCAR '99 uh, for the PlayStation, Nintendo 64, and you know our our challenge was trying to find the most bugs possible, and of course we had a ship date that you know we wanted to hit, of course, and. Towards the end of that process, you're we're staying up 20 hours. We're sleeping at work because we're getting constant builds that we have to test thoroughly to make sure that they're good to go. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't see these companies yeah, investing that time and energy anymore into that. I mean, sure they're 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 doing some light QA work and and sure they're doing some light testing, but they're just they're just relying more and more on the general public as one because everybody you know they're like hey. We can just let people test it for us, and uh, sheeple, sheeple, yeah. Do you guys? Also, it's not something completely egregious where, you know, I, I'd imagine that they, they they catch that kind of thing before they launch it, but probably some minor stuff that goes unnoticed. Well, one of one of the probably gets through the great the examples. Uh, one of the great examples of a launch issue that I don't know how you couldn't catch this was the silencer thing. If you had yeah. a firearm, a gun with a silencer on it, and you fired around, the entire server would lose audio. <laughs> yeah. Not, not just the people around you, not just you, the entire yeah. server. Everyone yeah. would lose wow. audio. And and there were obviously issues related to that bug that continued happening. Because, I mean, we, yeah. we, we played in, in matches uh, just a couple weeks ago, and, and you'd be like, does everybody else's sound go out? Yeah, I can't hear anything. And then a second later, you'd hear explosions again. And yeah. it was really, really eerie. Well, then the, it's not even That's the full a, sound. It's it's you got yeah. It's like okay, I have ambient sounds, but no, yeah. you know, yeah, I can hear a helicopter, but I don't hear yeah, a tank. You can, you can hear me. the you you can hear the the birds chirping through the you know on the as a as a terrain feature sort of thing, but you couldn't hear the helicopter flying overhead, and you couldn't hear the the tank that just rolled up behind you. You know, it, just ridiculous, ridiculous things. So there obviously were a lot of things that that didn't just fall through the cla- through the cracks they were they were not specifically not tested for or actively ignored and and that's it is totally frustrating but hey you know what it could be worse we could be stuck on cartridges that can't be updated right <laughs> that's true but you know isn't EA kind of known for this didn't they have issues with the launch with SimCity as well so this isn't you know i don't no, know no i, I surprise about that yeah, we talked about that before. That EA has become known as the pat the company that patches everything in production. So we shouldn't be surprised. But well, I mean, I guess I'd just say we shouldn't be surprised. But we also shouldn't be. We shouldn't have to feel like we shouldn't be surprised, right? I mean, we we should we should say we should expect better from these developers. Um, it seems like it's bottom line and and time. Those are the two things yeah. they care about. 
and they don't really care about anything else. But but the only so. that the only way you guys to combat that is with your pocketbook. Yeah. And right. the thing is when you have gamers that are I you know, I'm not trying to be insulting, but that are just basically blinded by the hype and they're and they're blinded yeah. by the the next installment of a particular game. They're drinking their own Kool-Aid. They're drinking their own Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens uh, with this. Uh, the the one thing I want to ask it, you guys before it we... should be noted that this yeah. this legal action is now, not on the behalf of the players. This no, is on behalf of the shareholders yeah. for EA. Right. That's so. If you're a, a if you're somebody who plays Battlefield Four and loves it and has a great time, but you have all these problems with bugs, this lawsuit is not for you. This no. is for the people making money from you. Yes. Mm-hmm. No. I was I was I was going to to ask to to kind of cap this subject. Do you guys uh, see a potential merit here? Uh, basically, the, these groups, uh, these shareholders are accusing EA of knowingly pushing out a buggy game to inflate the stock price. Uh, what do you guys think? Do they have merit? Is it Or, or is EA uh, also saying, eh, this is meh. Well, some of it depends on, you know, what stock got sold before. You know, was the, the higher ups, you know, once the prices started, you know, didn't did they do that or not? I thought I read well, that. Well, they, they they released the game and the stock started going up in price because uh-huh. they hit their ship date and all that stuff. Yeah, but when the stock prices went, climbed, didn't some of the upper ups sell off a bunch of stock? That I don't know about. I that I, I don't think know. that's part of what kind of pissed them all off. Well, like you're saying that. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying that they knew something that the other hand didn't know, and that's why they were selling off. And they're like, "Well, you sold off because you knew that the and, you know the price went. They sold off, right? And then all the you know all the Crap hit the fan, yeah, and then the stock went back down, and these guys are up, you know, the higher ups are sitting there going, right, we got our money, <laughs> yeah, we made our money off the deal. What do we, you know, what do we have to worry about? Yeah, well, maybe, maybe this kind of situation that's happening with EA will hopefully, I know, I know, I'm reaching here, hopefully, will make them uh, make better quality games going forward. And on that note, let's move on. Okay. Next. Segway. Be nice, huh? Yeah. <laughs> not gonna, it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I have no hope with EA. <laughs> Steam Machine. Now, we, last week, we uh, we talked about the lucky, was it 300 gamers? 300. Who, 300 gamers who got the Steam Box beta from Valve, and they're no doubt having fun, maybe, maybe even playing games as we speak right now. GameSpot uh, actually took a look at it a little bit deeper in the console, and... Uh, and bring that up here. And they revealed that this thing is loaded. It is loaded. So if you add up the, the cost of all the various components, including the processor, motherboard, and hard drive, it's going to run you about 1300 bucks. And that also includes for the most expensive component, which is a Zotac GeForce GTX 383 gig card. That card alone will set you back $500. Now, gents... Uh, Obviously, GTX, I, uh, GTX 780. What did I say? Uh, you said 380. I said 380? <laughs> I think so. That sounds like something I, I would have confused. said. confused, yeah. <laughs> GTX 3780. <laughs> I'm yeah, there you go. I'm just going to really mess it up. That's, That's a lot of money for a Steam box. Now, we were talking about this in the pre-show and how I thought that, you know, the the one thing that's kind of weird here is, uh, you know, Valve is trying to make their move into the living room space, of course, and what they want to do is uh, is combat against PlayStation and Xbox and Wii, and they said, hey, 
You know, if you already have a Steam library on your PC, you can play those same games in the living room. But it's going to only cost you so much money. Now, we don't know what these these costs of these boxes are going to be because this is a beta. Valve's not talking about this particular box and the price of the components. Now, Joe, you had a great theory about the reason why this box is so high in cost as far as components go. And you want to explain that theory to the audience? Well, there's well, there's really kind of two parts, right? So one is this is all using off-the-shelf parts. That uh, is correct. These are every single piece in here or something you can run down, except for basically three things. The case, the little display on the front that has the little circle valve thingy, and the controller. Those are the three parts that really aren't available outside of the Steam box. Everything else is a straight-up off-the-shelf stock part. You can just go pick them up. Whatever your favorite, uh, whatever your favorite part store is, they probably have them. The other thing, though, too, is Steam OS or, or or the Steam Box going forward. The 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 ones that end up coming out commercially by other other manufacturers are at least initially. I think it'd primarily be streaming systems for running the game from your whatever your desktop PC is, streaming it over to the Steam Box and being able to play it with the controller on the TV. And if that's the case, then you don't need a big bro big processing video card in that little Steam box because it's just streaming data. It's not actually doing the video work itself. So I think we'll see them a lot cheaper. We already saw one company, uh, iBuyPower, I think, announced their version of a Steam box, an early version, uh, maybe a couple months ago now. And they were pricing it in the five to $600 range, which is way more expected. Yeah. And besides that, you're only driving a 1080p display. You don't really need a 780. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can run that with a 760. You can run that with a much lower video card totally. and processor. Yeah. And and it it will still outpace any of the current current consoles that are out there. So this is way overbuilt, but I think it was way overbuilt on purpose. And I don't really think it's a big deal going forward for the Steambox uh, as a platform. What, what do you guys see going forward as maybe the de facto standard? Because, see, my impression on this Steambox beta was that Valve was going to push out to gamers or their beta testers what their vision of what the Steam Box should be modeled after, right? Kind of like a reference card, if you will. You know how manufacturers put out a reference card and they say, all right, this is the standard that we want to put out. Yeah, you can modify it. You can overclock it here and there, and we've seen that happen. Of course, EVGA does that all the time. But uh, I thought this was going to be kind of the, the cookie-cutter standard. If this is the well, cookie I, cutter standard, I'm a little scared on the price of these Steam boxes. No, again, I think I think this is this is what would be truly a beta product, right? Okay. This is going out the door for people to test, for people to screw around with, especially the controller. Remember, Valve's not going to make any of these, not going to make any Steam machines. It's the, they're going to the make the controller, right? It's, yeah, right. That's true. Um, so they're going to make the controller. They're going to make the OS. That's all they're going to do. So I think going down the road, we may we may see a uh, a sort of minimum standard system, but I don't think it's going to be modeled after these systems. I think these are right. These are just one offs. The people who got them are really lucky, really lucky. Yeah. If anybody wants to give me one, I'd be totally cool with that. Yeah. If you guys want to donate um, into the show, we can fully test. Actually, it. Actually, you know what? I don't, I don't. The Steam Machine is great. I'll take a Steam Machine, but I really would rather have the controller. To be honest. Darth Vader. Um, I I just really want to try it. Darth Vader. Uh, but but uh, uh well, they're kind of blue. They're not black. So. Oh, they look black in the pictures. No, if you look at the pictures, they're all they're all like Maybe I need like to look dark a bit blue. Closer. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Anyway, um, at least the ones that the one that I fix it laid hands on. 
So, but again, I, I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't want to, to like go overboard defending valve and be called a, a valve uh, fanboy Cause I have enough fanboy titles as it is. Um, but I, I think this is, we're seeing, you know, generation zero of the steam box. And this is overbuilt on purpose because they didn't know what people were going to do with it. And they encourage, there've been a few people who've posted saying that I, for the heck with the steam OS thing, <laughs> I'm going to throw windows on it and turn it into a real gaming PC. Aww. And, and I know, and that was my reaction. I was like, Oh, come on. Why can you be doing that? But you know what? Valve wanted some people to do that. They wanted people to, to try the hardware and see what they can do with it. And they really wanted people to play with the controller. So I think, I think it's going to be okay. I don't think this means we can't, infer from this that the steam box is a complete and utter failure yeah. and it's terrible and it costs way too much money and we sh they should just throw the tile towel in now uh because obviously we know only ever so slightly more than nothing about <laughs> it at this point now nick i mean you're a gamer like us i i mean does the steam box have any interest to to someone like you you know obviously you've you've played the console games you're still doing it in emulators and you do have next gen consoles does uh, what uh, Valve is doing over there, does that interest you at all? It really depends on the price. Um, it, it, if it's going to be that expensive, there's no way that I'll get in the game. Uh, I personally have never... Ah, I've never ah, I like see what that? you did there. I see what you did yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, and I'm not a Valve user. I, I've, I've you know, downloaded Steam a couple times and, and or yeah, Valve, whatever. You know what I mean. Uh, I've tried a couple demos here and there, but I've never been like a, a big PC gamer so for me, I don't know what kind of value this this um, console would have. Maybe other than to check out the the streaming capability of Netflix, uh, some YouTube, and, and you know uh, watching Geek Gamer Weekly. Well, I mean, if on if, the on the Steam box. If it, well, thank you for the shameless <laughs> plug, but I was, <laughs> but I mean, I was going to say that. Uh, I mean, if you want a streaming device, I mean, you could spend sixty dollars and get a Roku. I mean, if that's if that's your 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 major concern. I, I think obviously Valve's trying to make a gaming centric right. device, and they're I'll trying to make it well. And you can get a Roku if you want to stream, like, uh, what, uh, Netflix or yeah. Hulu, or if you have a Amazon. Plex server, something like that. And now YouTube, and uh, yeah, ESPN. Amazon, or or yeah. any of the other any of the other myriad of streaming services that are you out. You can there. get ESPN on the Roku now. Yeah, yeah, they launched a Roku app. Yeah, watch ESPN app. <sighs> you, you did not know this. Where where have you been? Dude, my Roku is so old that I can't get half the channels anymore. It's time. You know, they're like 60 yeah. bucks for a new one. Yeah, it's it's time. Yeah, well, again, like the last time I was on the show, I've got twins. So I don't have the budget that everybody else has. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. But you know what you really should be doing? You but, know, you have, but you have all the current gen consoles, right? Not all. Not all. No. Oh, okay. Just one I got an Xbox 360. You know, maybe what you could do is sell, <laughs> sell one of the twins. You know, just go... You know, you, you could still keep one. And Which one's the good one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, that's only one? half the fun. Exactly. Who's you you don't have to spend that much. Sports. It's gonna get a scholarship. Yeah, it's twins, Basil. No, no, no. It's <laughs> it's understandable. Actually, you could sell your old Roku for probably like twenty bucks. Yeah. And, put it, and and sell the Chromecast along have, with it. Yeah, do a package if deal. You have, if you have you any go. any old iOS device, you can sell it for more than the price of a Comcast uh, yeah. of a Roku. Yeah, there you go. Any. I'm not really even joking. You could have a first gen iPhone. I think you could sell it for more. You than don't the price of a since you're since you're going to be out in Vegas. You know, you could go to that Pawn Stars place. Go to the Pawn Stars. Oh, place. There, there you go. Go to Pawn Stars. Take your stuff with yeah. you and say, "Hey, I got this stuff here. You know, I I I want to try to get two million for it. 
I'm that hoping to get about. <laughs> I'm hoping wow. to get about a million and yeah. a half. Just take it to Pawn And when they offer you a hundred bucks, you, you know I'll what? You should. Yeah. We should. We should call them and see if they have a, a steam machine yet. They could have one. They could. It's it's high in demand. Yeah. Actually, it's probably in the terms of service where you're not supposed to sell or whatever. And oh yeah, because they care. What about has that, that stopped anybody? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much what pawn stores are for. You, you know, speaking of devices <laughs> and things that we want to pick up for this holiday season. Now, Wednesday is is Christmas. Thursday is Boxing Day, where you get to regift everything and return stuff and all that fun jazz. We Go have buy uh, the stuff you didn't get. Exactly. We've compiled our own <laughs> Santa's wish list of items that we feel would be appropriate to the gamer or geek for you or your family. And John, what is <laughs> actually <laughs> your look? Your look. <laughs> By the way, folks, if you were in the pre-show, you totally missed out on some awesome fun. But John, yes. Um Christmas is coming up. What are some good gift recommendation ideas? Gift recommendation ideas? Yeah. Um, what would you recommend? Or if you could buy or whatever. Buy, recommend. Yeah, yeah however you want to spin it. Um, gift certificates for uh, for uh, Minecraft. That's a good one. Yes. That's cheap. That's cheap. That's only going to run you, what, $26 for and change each, for, yeah. each, uh, for each game. And you get them playing on the right platform. That, or that's that's one that's good. Yeah. What else? What if uh, what if I'm a big hardcore PC gamer? Um, hardware, anything wow. hardware. Like what? Video cards. Video cards. Like yeah. what, John? Like uh, a nice GTX 780 Ti. Oh, there we go. Very yeah, good. Go. The <laughs> the 780 Ti, which will run you six hundred and ninety nine dollars currently on Amazon Prime. And by the way, you can get this. By Christmas, if you really want it. But look at this. Look at this thing. It is just huge. Sexy. It is a monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's so big. Um, and I don't know if you can fit it in. <laughs> in the case. Yeah. Um, would you recommend this kind of video card, Joe? Joe doesn't uh, like it. Actually, no. No, I... I I love the 780 Ti. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a good I think card. it's uh, I think it's a fantastic card. Uh, it's not probably my first choice as a as a as a as a enthusiast gamer who has a sense of budget. Um, but if money was no object, I think it's great. Yeah, I see no yeah. problem with it at all. Uh, I would probably recommend something a little lower end though, maybe uh, like a 760 or a. Something around that area because it's a lot, lot less expensive and and it's yeah. not quite nearly the card, of course, but uh, but but it's a good yeah. card and yeah, it's, it's you know it's got three gigs of memory on there. Uh, the yeah. the the base clock is eight hundred and seventy six yeah. megahertz. It's, I mean, this thing is a juicy freaking card. That's oh, it is it is yeah. It you don't get a whole lot better than that card, uh, yeah. top of the line wise. Uh, but yeah. again, you do pay for it. Seven hundred bucks is not not a an easy. Well, that's what happens. Price to swallow. Well, that's what that's what happens when you buy a card that just came out, you know, about a, over a month ago. So mm. that's, that's yeah, yeah, that's it's it's key. a pretty new card. Yeah. Joe, uh, what uh, what can you, you patch it? Can, can, you, <laughs> can you patch it? Patches not. Well, they required. release updated drivers on a regular yeah. basis. That's, that's true. I mean. That's true. 
Joe, uh, what would you recommend? I mean, I know you're an aviation enthusiast. Enthusiast, uh, you you like planes? Yeah, and I, copters I, I and like stuff. I like my RC stuff. I actually have two different recommendations. So okay. if you like RC, yeah, um, I think this is a, a great one. Uh, it's called a Sima X1. Okay, it's pretty much the cheapest full featured quadcopter you can pick up. You know how popular quads are getting nowadays, especially uh, with Amazon Prime Air having just showed off. So um, so this <laughs> is uh, it's only, 30, it, it's, Do it's only just- 30, 35 bucks. Do they wow. just fly this to you? I mean, they just say, "Here's uh, your." No, no, <laughs> no. That, it doesn't quite work that way. Oh. Uh, so, but yeah. it's only thirty-five bucks. It it's really simple to fly. It teaches you how to get how to get going, and uh, when you want to evolve into doing tricks and flips and stuff like that, it allows you to do that. So it's a it's a pretty good um, first user's uh, RC helicopter, and for the price, it really can't be beat. Thirty-five dollars is a really good price are, for something like are, this. Are these so, are these Joe really easy to fly? They are actually. Uh, they they have two different modes to fly. They have a um, uh, like a, a stability mode, which is basically auto levels and stuff like that. So when you let go of the sticks, it basically just goes back to flat and stays in one place. And then they have a a sport or a, a aerobatic mode, which allows you to do the flips and stuff like that. Uh, so it's it's really they're actually really really easy to fly and really easy to learn on. And if you want to get into bigger quads, if you want to get into bigger helicopters, this is a really really good place to start. There's a lot of people in the in the RC uh, helicopter um, sort of group who recommend either this or one very similar to this as a first quadcopter. Cool. And not the Parrot. Yeah. What, what? No, not the no. Parrot. The Parrot's too expensive. So the Parrot AR drone is a, yeah. is fine, but it's a little too expensive, and it requires an Android phone, and it really doesn't, or, or an iPhone, uh, yeah. just some kind of smartphone, but it, and it really doesn't teach you proper RC flying. Uh, it, it has so many sensors and stuff like that on it. It auto, uh, auto does its height. It auto does, uh, not just level, but also height and, um, other positional things. It'll, it'll move away from walls. If it detects walls are getting too close, Hmm. it, it has a lot of features that really aren't, aren't good for going forward. If you plan on getting more and more into RC helicopters, they really don't, don't apply. The other downside to it is it's expensive. It's like 300 bucks. So... I don't think it's a great intro, you know, beginner's quad. Now they so, ever patched that one. But to change one. it up, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't get me wrong. I think the Parrot's a fine machine, yeah. but it's 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 much more of a. So while this is clearly the Sima X one is clearly still sort of blurring that line between toy and and legit RC. It is much more to, uh, legit RC mm-hmm. than it is toy, and the the Parrot the AR drone is much more toy than it is legit RC. At least that's my uh, opinion. I've had a an, an Air Hog. RC helicopter mm-hmm. now that is not anywhere remotely close to a professional style or type RC helicopter. But yeah, I've always noticed that when I try to fly it outside, that is a no go. So for the helicopter that you suggested, is that something that you could fly outside or is it more strictly for indoor use? You you could fly it outside, but you'd want to do it on a calm day uh, because they are so light. They react really, really strongly to wind. So if it's uh, if it is at all windy outside, you will notice um, it moving around and, and stuff like that. But, but yeah, on a calm day, it would be fine to fly outside, but it's also small enough. I mean, it's only, uh, um, I know it's really hard to gauge size here, but it's, uh, I'm actually, I actually want to look up the specs. It's, it's only a few inches across. I mean, it's, it's like maybe six inches across. So it's really pretty small and, uh, and it would be, and it's really good to fly. If you have a large room, a large family room or something like that, it's a, it's perfect for flying in there. Uh, if you have access to a gym or something like that, that's an awesome flying environment. Uh, and then, yeah, if it's a calm day outside, if, if you have a small park, this would be great to fly out there too. 
Now, Joe, you said you were going to switch it up, and you also had actually one other bonus recommendation yeah. as well. I, I have another one. So if you're if you're not into RC stuff, but say you like card games and tabletop games, mm. uh, I have a great recommendation for that. It's called Smash Up by Paul Peterson. I actually had it. I actually played this over the weekend, and I, I have a I have a set. So here's here's the the, the set for the plug. Oh. Smash Up. Uh, anyway, it's it's really kind of cool. The way it works is there are different classes, uh, different different groups in each uh, in the set, and that. The, you basically grab two different two different cards or two different decks and combine them, shuffle them together, and then you fight, play with those as a combined deck. And you're playing against bases, and the first person, you, as you destroy bases, you gain points, and the first person to 15 points wins. But you can play it with up to four players, which I think is really cool. But one of the things I love is the factions. The list of factions is fantastic. The base set includes aliens, dinosaurs, ninjas, pirates, robots, tricksters, wizards, and zombies. And remember, you play with two of those. So you combine two of those. So you could have zombies and robots. Or aliens and wizards. Or the, the <laughs> sort of the ultimate wow. no-no that I think they would fight amongst themselves. Pirates and ninjas. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> but it, is, it is really cool and a lot of fun to play. Uh, like I said, I, I played it quite a bit um, just last week. And uh, had a really good time with a couple friends. So uh, if, if you like tabletop games, if you like that sort of thing, pick this up. It's worth it. It's not that expensive. It's like twenty bucks, and uh, and you know what? It will it will give you a lot of entertainment. Now, I know our friend down there, Mister Nick, has twins, but let's just say that someone significant is watching, or maybe Santa Claus is watching this show right now. You know, he's uh, having a few drinks up at the North Pole, relaxing by the fire. Nick down in that eggnog, down in the eggnog, <laughs> tremendously. What would be on your list, Mr. Nick, if uh, if you could pull the trigger this holiday season? I feel like it's 2000 it's going to be 2014 and I feel like I'm one of the few people in this world that does not have a tablet of any kind. So I've been looking uh we've been doing some some shopping and, and looking around my wife and I. Uh she's also a techie kind of person as well. So she's into into the tablets and and likes the the dual screen experience when she's watching her TV shows. So I was looking at the Kindle Fire HDX, the wow. 8.9 inch version. Uh, to be honest, I know it sounds cheesy, but I've actually kind of impressed or interested on how the Mayday button works and how <laughs> you can have uh, how you can have instant help uh, as, as somebody like myself who works in customer uh, service. Uh, uh, Nick, I sorry to interrupt you real quick, but it's not going to be that that very nice lady that you see oh, in commercials. Totally it's probably going to be like, yeah, I'm here to help you. What's going Somebody on? Somebody like me, right? Yeah. Somebody who works in customer service? Exactly. Well, you but want. No, I mean, it, it is kind of neat. Yeah, that, that is cool. Yeah. How that feature. Um, either that or, uh, you know, I've always wanted a, an iPad, whether it's uh, an iPad mini with the retina display or or even an older version of the iPad. I mean, obviously, with the most up-to-date stuff, but uh, I, I just, I would like a tablet, not just for the use here in the studio, but whether it's when I'm live tweeting during Bengals games or, or Notre Dame games, Rather than use this HTC incredible phone, which the processing speed on this phone cannot handle the newest version of Twitter, um, it's pretty awful, actually. <laughs> I, c I could use a tablet for my, my dual screen experience. So if anybody's watching and you haven't bought anything for me yet, I really would like a tablet. Do Thanks. it. Was, Please. I, I have to ask you before I reveal my, my pick. Uh, 
Is there a reason uh, why you're thinking more towards Amazon? I mean, like the Nexus 7, if I was buying a tablet for the first time and I was worried about cost to performance ratio and stuff, I mean, that's really inexpensive. Isn't it still $199? Um, was there a reason why you're looking at uh, the uh, the HDX? I'm just curious. I'm not going to lie, Chase. It's mostly because of the commercials I've seen. Oh, okay. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to a Nexus 7, obviously. Um, I don't really have a preference, and the chances of me getting a tablet anyway aren't great, but uh, I'm not opposed to, to you know, the, the Samsung products or, or anything like that. It's just I happen of late. Be, I've been watching a lot of football, and Amazon has done a great job marketing their Kindle Fire during football games, and so it's fresh in my head yeah. seeing, you know, former NFL players saying, uh, hitting the Mayday button and talking to that very nice female on the screen. Yeah, oddly enough, they all get the same female, though. I mean, you get the same lady. I mean, she must be really busy. Or really good. That's true. Maybe they've cloned her, perhaps. Yeah. But the HDX, uh, looking at this, so you can get it in three different versions, 16, 32, and 64 gig sizes. Now, it'll add $20 to your price. Uh, actually, about 20 yeah, about uh, 20 bucks or so uh, if you have ads on the lock screen or not. And also you can get this in LTE varieties for AT&T and Verizon, and that adds another $100 uh, to your price. So if you want to fully max out this sucker without special offers, uh, it looks like you can't even get it in that uh, qu quantity here. Uh, the, the largest you can get in an LTE version for Verizon is 32. You can get a 64 gig AT&T version for $600. Which is not bad. It's eight uh, nine inch tablet there. Um, the only thing you know, obviously, you're in that Amazon environment, and I know that they. I think they talked about it on sixty minutes that they sell these at cost or at a loss because they figure you're going to pull the tr uh, the trigger on the Amazon stuff that you buy, books, Prime, things like that. So, if well, for that price, I would rather just buy an iPad. Well, if you're going to max it out, it depends. I mean, it depends what you're going to do. I mean, I you know personally for a second screen experience, I think the Nexus Seven's great. One ninety nine, you know, it runs everything. Uh, on it's the... it's two thirty now. Oh, it's two thirty. It's gone up a little bit. Yeah. yeah oh, the okay. price went up a little bit. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. John, but have you yet. have you replaced your Nexus yet over there? No. Oh, it's too bad. Yeah, I had to play plane tickets to Las Vegas. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah rub that in some salt. Yes. Um. My my pick is a little bit retro. You know, uh, Nick's got me thinking uh, of playing some retro games and uh, really want to start doing that a little bit more. And uh, I know a lot of you guys like to use emulators, and emulators, you know, they work fine. Uh, but sometimes there's there's nothing like hooking up to an old TV, if you have one laying around, or even just a regular flat panel, and playing carts, cartridges, kids, the carts, uh, and plugging in a console. Now... It's been so long that a lot of these old consoles are now uh, third parties can just make hardware for it and not have to worry about getting sued. Uh, one of those companies is Hyperskin, and they make something called the Retrion. Now, the Retrion 5 is going to be coming out some point in 2014. It was supposed to be out by now, but it's been delayed. So right now is the Retrion 3, and that's my recommendation. Uh, the Retrion 3 will set you back only... $50.99 on Amazon Prime. You can get this by Christmas. It comes with the... Con oh, and you might be wondering, well, this is just a normal console. No, it's not. It can play Nintendo, Sega Genesis, or Super Nintendo 
games. Uh, it can use all your original accessories. So if you have a whole bunch of Nintendo controllers uh, hanging about, uh, you can use it. And it comes with two wireless controllers as well. And as you can see here in the pictures, it has three different slots. So you just dial it up and, Top you, loader. and you just play the games that you want to play and you plug in the controllers accordingly. On the back, you'll notice your standard RCA connections as well as S-Video. Uh, so you can even get that little bit better picture quality that uh, the 16 and 8-bit can give you. Uh, but no yeah, HDMI? What a disappointment. You don't need it. <laughs> Not for this. That's overkill. Uh, but yes, this plays the old carts just fine. Uh, I've actually known uh, quite a few people who picked this up uh, because they have all these old carts and they just can't. It's really sometimes, you know, you'll pay anywhere from maybe 20 to $30 for an original Nintendo Entertainment System. So take that money, buy some new hardware, um, and you can play it on the Retreon. Not too bad. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's really I still, neat. So I, was, I was looking at it. It it looks like the Retron Five. The big upgrade there is going to be it supports Game Boy cartridges. That's correct. Game Boy Advanced, Game Boy Color, and original Game Boy carts. So if you have a lot of those, yeah, might hold off. Might hold off. I I think the 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 estimated but, price point for the Five I think is going to be in the eighty nine to one ten range. I mm -hmm. think. Uh, but the, but other yeah, than that, looks delayed. like capability is pretty the same. Although yeah. it does mention it comes with a Bluetooth-based controller for wireless. Yes. Yeah, I think, think this is two point four gigahertz, I believe. I wonder if you could use that that Bluetooth controller with other things. Yes. There you go. Anyway. So yeah, <laughs> those are our gift ideas. We'd love to hear from you and uh, what you got for Christmas. You can always write into the show weekly at geekgamer.tv. Uh, first off, I, I want to say a big, huge thanks to this gentleman right here, Mr. Nick Suberling. And, and Nick, for those who don't know, and they, and they do see your microphone flag there in high def, what do you? What is SPNT TV? What What does that mean? What What is that? Sprint. Well, sprint. No, <laughs> sorry. Spent, not sprint. Spent. Oh, spent. spent. He spent because he's had twins. Twins, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> twice the fun. Yes. Yeah. Well, SPNT just basically stands for the Sports Podcasting Entertainment Network, uh, and it's a it's a network of podcasts that I've I founded on my own. Uh, I started off with a show called Who Day Weekly, which is my baby, uh, my prized possession, and it's branched into other shows like Irish Impact, the Minor League Report, Red, Red Leg Weekly, and a, and a tech show that we we've we've done about forty five episodes uh, on called Thursday Tech Talk, which our most recent episode. Featured the one and only Chase Nunes oh, talking about you, uh, what, consoles. What are you talking about? What? Yeah, I know. You, Shocker. You, you were on another podcast. Yeah, I know. It's. Did it's, you get clearance it, for that? Clearance. <laughs> clearance from who? Myself. What do yeah. you mean? What you are you talking you didn't, about? You didn't. Uh, you know. Well, it's awkward. It's awkward. About it's the board? Awkward. Did you, you? Didn't you? Didn't uh, confront the board? You know, ask the board about that. This is an executive decision. This this is I I I, I forgot you to tell you. You worn out on other shows. This is a dictatorship. I, I forgot oh. to tell you. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I mean uh, Nick uh, does some fine work, and he's actually up right now. He he won't mention this, but he's actually up right now for a podcast award in the sports category for Who Day Weekly, and so uh, right now you know we're gonna cross our fingers and hope for the best as he tries to take down the big giant known as ESPN. Some some sports channel. Uh, so yes, you never can, heard of them. never heard of them. <laughs> I don't have cable. Never heard of them. <laughs> uh, so yes, spnt.tv if you want to check out Who Day Weekly. If uh, you live in the Cincinnati area or you're a big Bengals fan, doesn't matter where you are in the world, this is the premier show for you 
honestly. I mean, talk about passionate guys who love their stuff. I mean, that's the most important thing, right? You know, it comes out on the air. So when they win, you're feeling good. That's right. When they lose, you're you're trying to dissect what happened and what they could have done better, like the ball hitting the turf and it wasn't an interception. <laughs> Seahawks. Um, nice. also, also on the show and also co-host of Minecraft Me here on GeekGamer.tv, uh, my very good friend, Mr. Joseph Falby. Uh, hopefully, Joe, you are uh, you got some plans for this Christmas holiday? You're going to be doing something, hopefully? Uh, if actually, you, mostly just staying in. Have, well, you, you know. the, the, the invite is always open. If you want to come up and have a prime rib roast that we're going to be... I, no, I have, I have family who is going to be here. And, oh, okay. and the work gave me a ham. <laughs> wow. I'm, well, I'm I have to catch either. the most recent episode of Minecraft Me, and I know that Joe only has to work one day this week. <laughs> I do. I, I only I work on Monday, yeah. and uh, and yeah. then I'm off for the rest of the week. So nice, oh, yeah. nice. And then you're gonna go sleep after the uh, marathon uh, server rebuild. Joe's done. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I was thinking about that. Well, that was this weekend. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's still a few things I need to sort of finish up on that. But yeah, it won't affect players too much. No, it's all behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, people can now play. John Kessler, always a great friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> always a great friend of the show. Uh, he's not on any website. He doesn't. He only co-hosts this show, yeah. uh, which outside of Joe is the longest running co-host. Mm-hmm. I mean, he. I mean, yeah. you. You. You got more episodes under your belt than Joe does on mm-hmm. Minecraft. Me. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and see when the first time you ever appeared. On uh, on Geek Gamer Weekly, which back then it was like, think what, Control F12 or something like it that. It was. It was Control F12. Yeah. Uh, and were, for some reason, I, I want to say Ty was on that were episode. You ever, were you ever on uh, Hoser Chat ever? I think you were. I'd have. Oh, now, maybe it was Hoser Chat. Yeah. See, so that uh, would be. Because I want to say, I think Ty was there. <laughs> yeah. Well. On that the one episode that I was on. Well, but Ty's there was no many, video, it was just audio. Yeah, Ty's been yeah. on many episodes you've been on. Hmm. But even back then it was. Yeah. yeah. Ah, yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, and you guys know me. You can follow me on Twitter at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. You can also follow the network on Twitter at Geek Gamer TV. We do the show Sunday evenings, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern at live.geekgamer.tv. And we love to have you join us. Uh, those those things uh, like GIFs and, and new things like, I don't know, web apps and, and you know other website stuff, uh, just to let you guys know, uh, we'll be launching very, very soon. A brand new web home. Uh, and the great thing about it is it will be tablet and phone compatible. It will be responsive, uh, which is really neat. Uh, and I've been testing it out, and, and it's it's looking really good. We're very, very close. Also be launching in the new year, uh, probably maybe, I don't know, second week of January. I, I really don't know. Uh, we're getting close of the 24-7 audio stream, which will have audio-specific generated content. Uh, basically meaning if it's something visual, it probably won't be on there. Like Minecraft Me may not be on that stream. It's a very visual show. What's the point in putting it on there? Uh, but we'll, we'll be looking for audio-only content to put on that stream as well. So we got a lot of great things in store for 2014. I, I definitely wanted to say a big thank you to all you guys who have supported us over the past year. Hope you guys have a great Christmas holiday season. And, yes, we will have a show next Sunday uh, the week before New Year's. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be here. We also will be here this Thursday for Minecraft Me as well. So in case you haven't checked that out, uh, you can do so. 
But you guys, this has been a great show. A lot of, a lot of awesome fun antics before and after the show. If you're watching us live, stay right here uh, because we will uh, be taking your calls and questions and, and hang out with you guys in the chat room. Uh, for our special guest, Mr. Nick Suberling, Joseph Falby, John Kessler, my name is Jason. Thank you for tuning in and watching Geek Gamer Weekly. Until we all talk again, we're all silent. Say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. Nick Zuberling? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>